I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at onepeloton.com. Oi, the boys and girls on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language, and sometimes the tales can get quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around, and thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go Cause it's the booty booty It's time to get this party started It's the booty booty It's time to get this party started With Danny, Jimmy, Gregor, Andy, Jimmy, JC All we know and all we talk about is booty booty It's time to get this party started tonight You're listening to This Just In on Footy Prime Your almost daily footy fix JC lost you probably enjoy (laughs) (laughs) what is he doing (laughs) he's like when there's old fellas of dementia and go missing meandering he's meandering jeff cole 40 was last seen meandering around his house Mm -hmm. monday november the 18th so i missed all the um dubs got the 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 virus And you were out for a day, a night? Like, how long was this? I would say 24 hours, but, like, still feeling a bit fragile now. Mm. Haven't eaten a whole lot. Tummy's but still a bit rumbly. We, we <laughs> know why. Mad- Manchester. Yeah, I blame Manchester. Caused this. Mm-hmm. Why would you ever eat a thing called a Manchester curry? And why would a Manchester curry be considered vegan? Is it? Is that a thing? Well, sure, there's lots of curries that are vegan. I know, but Manchester doesn't mm. scream vegan to me for some reason. Maybe no. I'm wrong. I just never no. heard of it before. It what's, a what's a Manchester curry? It's just a veggie curry, and it was called a Manchester curry. And, and where did you get said, that? I'm not saying. <laughs> oh, well, I think, well, you know, we're going to start doing some food reviews. No, but you know what? So I don't think it's that. <laughs> I no, don't, I don't, don't think, think it was. We don't think it was food poisoning. It was just oh, the okay. last thing that I ate, and I even struggled to describe it. Oh, isn't that <laughs> funny I'm when you, that you get the flu, and the last meal you just can't stomach it for a while, oh, right? God, and for yeah. you, that's a vegetable curry, a vegan curry. Does that mean that you can no longer eat vegan food? Are you like crazy? <laughs> just not just degree, but all vegan food? Mm, in general. No, but you know, you saying that when I was a kid, I like really young. This is one of my earliest memories. I was like five or six and I had ketchup chips and I must've eaten a ton of crap before that, but that was the last thing I consumed. And then I was violently ill. And I had a thing with ketchup chips for a really long time where I was unable to stomach them. Couldn't even look at them. them. 
<laughs> what? A sexual thing with ketchup chips? No. Oh. Well, you said a thing for ketchup chips, so. Just no, like hmm. a liking? Like oh, okay. I, like hear I want to hear more from Wunga here. <laughs> what? Yeah, what, is, what do you know about that? <laughs> I don't know. Mine was How do you gin. have a sexual thing with chips? Well, it's going back to that hedonistic no, George don't. Costanza. Yes. Where it's, 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 it's taboo now. So as you grew into it, you went, oh, these ketchup chips. They make me randy. Like, uh, <laughs> but it wasn't that at all. Why have you made us like a memory when I was six and you've made it sexual and gross now? Right, Why do you need well. to ask that question, Dubs? <laughs> it's because he's Wonger. <laughs> I know. You have to remember remember what uh, JC wrote as our, as our lead-in to this stream yard. Because it's our 469th show. So the title was what was it, JC? Uh, I think it was Wonger's parents were up four six nine. There you yeah. go, four six nine. It is a very sexy uh, episode number, though. In fairness, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. Great. We're all here, by the way. It's full crew. Craig's here and Jimmy's here. Dubs and Wonger and JC have heard. I'm Shams. Big big weekend, um, everyone. Do you know why it was a big weekend? Got some breaking news for those. Listeners and and also for the potters here. No, okay. The big news was we won a parlay. Oh, <gasps> what? Yep, we won a six-game parlay. You guys are so excited! Hey. Now, as I mentioned on Friday, it was a terrible bet to make. Six-game parlays going on with our streamyard. <laughs> Is this streamyard bad right now? Is it me? Oh, oh, sorry, no, it, sorry, 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 sorry. I'm getting confused. No, um, <laughs> it was a terrible, it was a terrible uh, bet to make because six game parlays so rarely come through. So if you're going to make them, you may as well go for some big odds. And this one for five dollars only paid us fourteen dollars, <laughs> but that's okay. Take it. We're fourteen dollars better off than we were before because the supporters club blew it. All them and their advice to us didn't come through. <laughs> Is Wonger frozen? He has frozen. Yeah, I, I think he has. Wonger, are you okay? Can you knock the table if you're having difficulties right now? <laughs> it's a frozen Wonger. Look at him. It's like he's got rigor mortis. Oh he God. does. The frozen Wonger sounds like a sexual position, doesn't it? The frozen Wonger. <laughs> it's when you get it's when you get ketchup chips on your fingers and then. You know. Uh, <laughs> By the way, JC, uh, you and Jimmy were hanging out this weekend. <laughs> we uh, had a great time. Amsterdam brewery and great pictures. You were one hip-looking, sick Santa. I gotta say, it's on the social media, social platforms, I believe, right? You posted it. Yes. Yeah. I, th I think. Yeah, if I'm not. pretty sure I saw. <laughs> Someone did anyway. I'm pretty sure I saw them. Yeah, I like that. So, what was the event? Uh, it was a thing called Tempest Day. So Amsterdam produces a beer every year called Double Tempest, which people come from all over North America and sometimes Europe to to taste. And it's like a 12% beer. It just knocks your face off. Oh, it tastes like, tastes like gasoline, but uh, always a great show at Amsterdam. Um, and I was, uh, I was vacation Santa. So I had my Puma tracksuit. Did you guys hear that? That was my belly. My belly went as well. Yeah. I mean, in time, I thought it was me. Did you just 
pass win there, or anything? <laughs> no, it was a rumble. Jesus Christ. Did the talk of my tracksuit make you hungry? <laughs> that's hilarious. I loved your holiday set. I'm sorry. Return to your story. Oh, that's pretty that's pretty much it. But but Jimmy came down with his bro and Jess, and it was great. I, I was so great that they came down, and I appreciate you, Jimmy. Yeah, it was great fun. Yeah, it was uh it was a mess. The venue's that awesome. Was, that was Santa, Jimmy. Great spot. Santa was on fire. Yeah. He I saw you with a mic in your head. He owned it. Scaring all the children. Looked a little bit hot at times. There was yeah. a lot going on. If you do the, the bit of a funny Santa. Any Christmas gatherings. <laughs> yeah, talk about oh, yeah. whatever popped up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, Jimmy. Yeah. No, listen, if you if anyone out there needs a, an MC for a Christmas gathering, you need to hire JC, by the way. He's like yeah. a natural with a mic. He can hold a room in the palm of his hand. The ability we haven't seen since since Freddie Mercury, 1986. My well, we keep, we keep, we keep talking about our, our Christmas party that we want to do. That would be a mm-hmm. great venue. Mm-hmm. It would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. I think people they, would come out for it. Yeah. Yeah. We've got the okay. We've talked to Trev Brody, who runs the place, and the whole crew at Amsterdam. They are ready to host us and all of our uh, Footy Prime faithful. So let's oh, make this amazing. thing happen. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, for sure. Hey, Wonga's back. He's no longer frozen. The frozen <laughs> Wonga is thawed. Hey, I felt like I missed out on a great conversation. I heard we won a parlay, put my hands up, and then I froze. And so... <laughs> Yeah. It looked Can, more like you were having a stroke, to be honest. <laughs> How come you turned this into a medical incident? <laughs> What's wrong like. with you? <laughs> you so, are one big medical incident. Oh, look, I found our crate, Craig. I found our crate that we could, uh, there's good, uh, There's enough room for at least four of us in that. Oh, it was perfect. for a dollar. Yeah. A, a, like a communal coffin? Yeah. If, <laughs> if we're trying to save money, you know, you just throw us off the end of a boat. Craig and I both like the ocean and the and the water. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's like, a, in there, it's, it's like a better alive. <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> we'll get to yeah. we'll get to hang out. We'll we'll spoon ourselves all weekend oh. and into our death. I think I think a burial by sea is a much nicer way to say farewell <laughs> than being buried in a box in the ground, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know the ground <laughs> thing. I get. Did you see that? Hi, guys. Sent you guys a video oh. from Instagram, Dark <laughs> and it dubs. just made me think of my my sisters and I, and always find and my brother obviously finding humor in in the darkest shit. But it's a woman standing on a slope, and she's trying to like depose the ashes or like the, sprinkle them. And then she tries to do it, throws it into the wind, and gets like a face full yeah. of ashes, and then tumbles down the slope. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, I love it, it really made me laugh that was like that scene in the big lebowski did you ever see that yeah it was basically a, yeah. buddy throws the ashes over and it hits his friend in the face yeah, right. <laughs> in his mouth oh i'm sorry yeah. dude <laughs> no tony's dad is actually has been living in our basement for the last six years in a box sorry? tony's dad he's been living in, in our in basement. basement yeah in a box and we keep meaning to scatter the ashes where his, his dying wish was. I haven't got around to it yet. Oh, no. <laughs> what was his dying wish to be, to be 
uh, ingredient in in some pies? No, no, no. Oh. no it, it, he was just uh, some lake up in Muskoka or somewhere, I believe. And uh, we're busy people. And uh, there he is. He's still there. Now, why they maybe bring him out to the podcast? Why is he in a box? Did you need a like a uh, flower thing? So no, because when you get the ashes, in they're, they're in a bag, but in a box, a cardboard box. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's bloody, it's quite heavy. So this poor guy wants to be in a lake and he's stuck in the basement for six yeah, years? That's right. It's pretty bad, isn't it? You think? I would haunt well, the hell out of you can, guys. Can you tell we're not, particularly, <laughs> we're not particularly spiritual people in this house? <laughs> can you tell? <laughs> I know. That might explain a lot, actually. Ray, are you here? <laughs> hey Charms, Charms. Before I left, we were talking about our Tony Bet parlay. What was the yeah. number that we that and what we were the fourteen dollars? Uh, okay, let me look it up here quickly. Do you uh, remember? Because we, we've got some NFL games in there as well, right? Yeah, that means we did a little my, split this time around. Right, Detroit beat the Bears. Jimmy, you Ooh, chose NFL you got lucky, too, right? Wonger. Yeah, you got lucky, Ray Wonger. Yeah, I know, Craig. Who'd you get? What was your bet? Oh, it was a tough one. I went really hard on Croatia over Latvia. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> I went out on a limb. What about yeah, that France uh, game, by the way? Holy Ooh, 14 nothing. France 14 beat nothing. Uh, Gibraltar, right? That Gibraltar team. That's. I, I. Do you want to be part of a national team that just gets pumped like that? You can say all to the your time? kids and grandkids, I, I played against a great Kylian Mbappe. He's got a hat trick. <laughs> He would have been the first pick for James Sherman in a in a team <laughs> draft. Okay, so our picks were. Um, hang on, where is it here? All right, so we, get, we had to... England beat England beating Sorry. Malta. Yeah, that was me. We had uh, nice. Croatia beating Latvia, as Craig mentioned there. Craig. We had uh, the Dons in the Raiders. Mm. We had um, Ghana beating Madagascar. That's JC. It sounds like a JC bet that one. It does. Uh, we had uh, Detroit over the Bears, and Ooh. the best odds of the uh, the parlay, which was at minus two hundred and thirty eight. I had Judd <laughs> Trump beating Barry Hawkins <laughs> in the in the snooker, and that came through early doors on the parlay window, which I'm very happy about that. So yeah, we won. Uh, we did well. We did really well. Um, as better for when we do our, other sports. Yeah, we do. Exactly. We should probably avoid the soccer. Yeah, <laughs> Not we can. That's well, fine. Generally speaking. I talked to our Tony Bet friends, and they said, pick anything you want. Yeah. I yep. do want to hear the... Let's, uh, our, let's not um, get carried away here. We won 14 bucks. <laughs> we still won. <clears throat> it's good ROI. Like Three that. to one ROI, five bucks. Our supporters club, they, they blew it. They almost got it. They got England beating Malta. They got Chelsea beating Liverpool in the W. Uh, WSL, and they be uh, they got a draw between Everton and Bristol, which is a really good call. But they blew it with Wales because Wales drew Armenia one one. Oh wow, Armenia! Uh, yeah, I'm but lucky. we're up to five hundred twenty dollars now. Thank you Tom, towards a casket. I, I think we decided that perhaps it's not just Craig's at this point. There's a communal one available. <laughs> Before with six of us, we can decide who. <laughs> maybe let maybe let the, uh, the the viewers, listeners decide which of the four of us should share the coffin. Mm. Very. Good. I think that picks itself. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. Who do you want to, who do you want to share with? First. Well, gingers well, have to stay well, together. That? 
gingers have to be buried together. So Amy and JC, that's yeah. the, literally just puts them together. Jimmy's a ginger. Oh, he is. He's got some ginger ginger in his beard every once in a while. Yeah. Hey, Jimmy? Ginger pubes. Oh. <laughs> There's no ginger here, my friends. Do we, no do we just there. though? Hey, it matches your toque. You make a valid point about four at once. So either something terrible happens and we all die at oh. once, or do we just exhume the coffin every every few years and add the other person? Well, if we get cremated, there's not a lot of exhuming that needs to happen. It's just a mix and match, and we can find it in in your house. Tony wouldn't have buried you yet. You're the first to go. You're the least. You're the least. You're the most unhealthy. I am you're surrounded. Sur- <laughs> what are you talking about? You are never well. You are never one, never one hundred percent. You're so offended, and he's just winding you up. He's just no, winding no, he you totally up. No, he totally got me there. Right? I'm actually feeling quite good these days. Quite healthy. Water is just a walking virus. Hey, I'm I'm a cockroach. I I can handle anything. Live at the bottom. I'd like the the what is it? The ogre that lives under the bridge. Is it an ogre? You know the three goats, Billy Goat Gruffs. I'm yeah. that I, I'm that ogre under the bridge. <laughs> well, let's talk some football, shall we? Let's, let's move on to the actual uh, 15 minutes in. Let's talk about some some footy here. Uh, can you guys cast your memories back to Friday in Canada beating Jamaica 2-1? Oh, it would have been Saturday. Yeah, it was, yeah, but, it was yeah. Saturday. Was it sa- oh, that was Saturday. Of course it was. Yeah, of course, because of the uh, delay. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. How hard is that, by the way, footballers, to, to find out your game's cancelled last minute, or late probably on Friday, and knowing that you're not just playing the next day, but the next morning. How does that throw everything out of whack, Craig? Yeah, I'm not good. No, that would really disrupt things. That would that would put me off completely. I think they handled it really well, really well, because they came out with with a better plan and certainly I thought more energy than Jamaica did. So all things considered, I think Moro and the team did a pretty decent job in, a, in what wasn't a very good football game, but the pitch, the temperature, the delay, um, and also the – Question has to be asked: Why is there such a lack of interest in Jamaica? Mm. You mean the players on the like, pitch or the fans? What's going on, on there? I mean, we used to play there. That was a lion's den. Thirty, forty thousand packed in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why is that? That's a great point. Very bizarre. It be, yeah, like it makes a football country. There. I mean, well, that has something to do with the fact that the game was postponed, right? Yeah. And they did say that all tickets would be free for that ten thirty or the. Yeah, the 10.30 kickoff, but I'm sure it had less people in that stadium than it would have had on the Friday night. I mean, usually yeah. they'll, they'll shoot the game, though, with the, the fans facing the camera, right? Presumably there were fans there, not many perhaps, but they were on the camera side of the pitch. They looked terrible, terrible for TV. Yeah. So, I mean, it looked like Canada had as many fans as them. Yeah, I can't <laughs> say that very often, can you? Our voyageurs were there and they were chanting and drinking and going strong they look great i love that they did a close-up of the voyagers 10 in the morning they've got red stripes in their hands it's amazing yeah. you made reference to it as well yeah it was good love and that they must rough they must really rough from a, the night after the game gets cancelled you know what they're doing straight to the bar having a great old time and then up early doors saturday morning hey jimmy for a broadcaster how hard was it for you you know, you're all geared up, you're planned, you're, you're Friday, and then you find out the drop comes, the game's put off to the next morning. As, as a color commentator, how, how challenging was that? Oh, it was very difficult, Charms. 
<laughs> I, was, I was very prepared. It was supposed to be in the studio. I got there at five o'clock and then just hanging around, waiting to see what's going to happen. Look, I'm, let's be honest. I mean, Stevie Wonder could have, he would have saw that. That game's getting canceled. That pit was flooded. It was like five <laughs> inches of water across the whole thing. Like right away, they should have said, game's off. And they delayed and they delayed. And it was getting worse. And then you, you wait till nine o'clock and go, okay, we'll play tomorrow morning at 10. So I was just hanging around the office, just waiting until nine o'clock. And then they went, go home and then come back tomorrow morning, nine o'clock. So it was very difficult for myself. Mm-hmm. I feel for you. I got up in the morning, had a breakfast, got back to the studio, and gave everything I got calling that game. Thoughts <laughs> and prayers for Jimmy. You left it all out there, I thought. I did. Sure. I was thank right you. Up for it. Thank you, Jimmy, on behalf of Canadian Soccer Nation. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I had a line there and it's gone from my head. Oh, well. Has it, it ever happened? Happen? Did it ever happen to you guys? In, like, did you, yeah. On a serious note, though, for the players, that, that's so challenging. Simply because of the fact, you know, you get there, you're prepared, and then they're delaying, delaying, delaying. Then you start getting hungry as well because you haven't eaten in hours. Then you're just nibbling on snacks. You're in the corridors playing two-touch, trying to kill a little bit of time. And then all of a sudden, managers say, or they, they call the game, and then you're going back to the hotel, have a quick bite to eat, and then you got to prepare yourself for a 10 a.m. kickoff. That's difficult. It's challenging. Morning Mentally. games are the worst. Yeah, the they're worst. Rotten. rotten. What, what would be your dubs? What would be your your process for a morning game? As far as what do you eat? When do you eat? When do you how many hours before yeah. you an early riser? No, at that point, is I don't think I was trying to. I was racking my brain trying to think if we were ever in a similar situation with with club or the national team where it would have been like a night game and then it's postponed and then you've got you're replaying or it's rescheduled in the morning. I don't think we did. It was maybe occasionally in a tournament where the schedule was moved around on you, so you had to adjust, say within a 24 hour window from maybe like a afternoon game like a like a 4 or 5 p.m kickoff which is more typical or evening to like a 1 p.m or like a noon and even that couple of hours um through you because you you had to sort of cycle everything back and you had to adjust your uh, alarm was going off earlier if you had to get treatment if you had to just do all the stuff that you typically do and for sure for your nutrition you were scaling back instead of like a pregame meal it became more of like you would eat pregame meal like three or three and a half hours before but then what would be available to you before the bus would depart for the stadium would be like light fare like snacks you could grab some fruit you could have some toast you get some cereal there might be some some stuff like under the heat lamps that you could take but it was really really light Um, it was more like that stuff that you were eating so that can really throw you know younger kids or like people who are really regimented about their approach it can throw you so you you have to be really well prepared. So I, I couldn't remember anything like that, but delays in-game has happened a number of times to me when I was playing with a national team. So one time, and there were, the video of, of me dancing against Tank, there was a flood in the locker room at the same time because there was an in-game rain delay where it was just a monsoon. And it was like the pitch was just inundated and we ended up replaying and we, we lost the U.S. in that final. And then we also had one, and I've referenced this penalty shot that I took 
with Canada. It was after I'd ended my college career. Then I took one and it was part of the winning that winning game against China, the first time the program had ever beaten them. We were down in Australia and we were winning the game, I think 2-1. China came back to tie it 2-2 and we ended up winning in penalties. The lights just went off. It was probably around like the 70th minute. And then we had to go back to the locker rooms and we just had to hang out for probably about an hour and then regroup and go back onto the pitch and play the remaining minutes of the game and then extra time and then penalties. So that was insane in terms of like the mental and emotional um, kind of energy that you had to deal with and then sort of overcome and then get back up for the game. And then another one was in the Olympics against China again. I don't know why it's always against China, but it was again a rain delay in game where it was postponed and we ended up winning. So it's all of these things. It's, it's a mental game. The staff has to be you know, on their toes, doing everything they can just to almost shelter the team, to make it seem as normalized as possible, even though everybody's acutely aware that it's not, and that you just make it seem as usual as possible. And then that's the best way to approach it, that you're, everyone's just in their own little zone and the team stays in their bubble. And that's precious, and the staff does their best to maintain that. Craig, any uh, crazy uh, delays that you experienced, either internationally or, or with your clubs? Well, probably the craziest one for for uh, club football was when there was a Far East gambling syndicate blew up the power room at Upton Park because the gambling in the Far East, if the result is after an hour, it, it would hold. So they had a draw, I suppose. We were 2-0 down at home to Crystal Palace, and we came back, scored just before halftime, and Frank Lampard scored in like the 62nd minute to tie it. And I just remember Frank running off to the crowd celebrating and then the power in the whole stadium went off, like everything reserve power. It was blackness. It was complete blackness. <laughs> and we had no idea what was going on at that time, but it wasn't really until they tried to pull the same stunt at uh, Charlton that they were caught. And uh, it was part of a, a long, long running, uh, Thing that they were doing because the first time it happened, if you remember, it was at Selhurst Park between Wimbledon and Arsenal where the power room was blown up and there was no coming back and they didn't know what was going on. But as things were developing after Upton Park and then it was attempted again at Charlton when they got caught um, trying to access the power room on a Friday before a Saturday game to put a device in there to remotely control it to blow up the power room. So the result would stand in the Far East. So that was it. So the game was, for our standpoint, we had to replay the game. Um, I remember we actually beat them, I think, 3-1 on the replay. But, yeah, that, that that was very, very strange. And funny enough, Harry didn't seem to be that bothered by it, even though, even though we had all the momentum. Looks so like we are going to go on to win. <laughs> what are you suggesting? <laughs> I'm not suggesting anything. He didn't seem bothered by it at all. <laughs> Was it in Harry's kit bag? Was that the uh, the detonator? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Harry was just on the bench with one of those like, cartoon things with the wire. Like. <laughs> nice one, Frankie. All right. <laughs> From the Acme TNT shop. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is crazy. Right? Can you imagine that happening nowadays? A, a device being exploded in a stadium. I mean, it made the news, but could you imagine it nowadays? Given what what's happened in the last two decades in public spaces. I mean, we're talking leagues being shut down. Being shut down for, for, for a time, for a while, right? Whereas back then, it's like, you know, yeah, cancel the game, replay it the next week. 
Not a huge deal, right? It's a bomb. <laughs> yeah, they'd shut down the city. Yeah, Imagine if would. that was BMO. It would be that you can't, they'd shut down exits like Spadina, getting off at York and Bay, just to, so so no one could even come close to it. Like yep, trains would be stopped. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. That is nuts. Jimmy, any stories that can rival Craig's bum? No. <laughs> Definitely can't. <laughs> He's still exhausted from how much he put out on, at, at one soccer. Yeah, that 140% that you put out, Jimmy. Yeah, no, I'm Huge. trying to save it again for Tuesday. Yeah. Did you uh did you invoice him twice? <laughs> yeah. You should. Yeah. It's your time. Yeah. Hey, boy. <laughs> you made some comments about the the pitch though for the actual game. What was when it's that waterlogged and that's not natural is that like a hybrid pitch? That game was hard. It was an interesting game to watch, but the the skill that was being shown was not great. There was a lot of mess ups. No, but you you could see just the way the ball was ball was playing. You know, even in the first half when Buchanan gets him behind, he just couldn't get out of his feet. It becomes heavy, cuts up a lot. You can't play the way that you want to because it's also that Bermudan gra- uh, grass, right? Where it's thicker, it's heavier. Right. It's not the grass that we have here. But you could see it. It, it was affecting the play. You time. saw Davies really bugged by it. I think it really yeah. threw him off. Yeah. There's a number yeah, of times. You're just, just trying to get out of the feet, but it's just the ball's not rolling. Can you give us more details about this Bermudian grass? It's Bermuda grass. Yeah. You know that. Not Bermudian. information. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Get my Caribbean grass terminology wrong here. So it's, okay, Craig, tell us then about Bermuda grass. Bermuda grass. <laughs> compared to well what? Compared to... It's, know, it's Jamaica thicker, grass. It's a thicker blade of grass mm-hmm. than what we have here. It's the worst surface to golf on. It's really hard <laughs> to hit a clean golf ball off Bermuda grass on a chip, especially with a sixty degree. The, the real victims of the golfers, as usual. <laughs> yeah. It is no, but it is thicker and it, and it bounces against the grain, and sometimes it has really odd bounces on it, unless it's cut really mm. short. But yeah. I think so, they did used to have a hybrid or some sort of artificial surf there uh, recently, Wonger, but that, that looked full-on Bermuda. It was cutting up. You could see the big divots of where the knees were sticking into mm-hmm. it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it did drain quite well, though, all things considered. I don't think it looked as quite as heavy as it could have been, but not. I'm wondering not where all that water went. There's some neighborhood that got absolutely fucked. <laughs> had to go somewhere. Right. Yeah, you wonder, maybe that's why the fans didn't show up, because it was heavily flooded in lots of parts of Jamaica pretty bad but you you could tell though as well when see when a lot of times when a player goes to clip the ball or they're looking to ping it and they were one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on same goes for healthcare that's why United Healthcare offers flexible budget-friendly coverage for medical vision dental and more learn more at uh1.com Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. It's hitting it. It's because the ball's sitting different than what it normally would on a nice, pristine yeah. pitch. 
does, does is Bermuda grass in the Conca Calf? I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Well, it, it, it grows very well down in the Caribbean charms. It does more so than what, what what's the grass here called that we use? Probably like a rye or Kentucky bluegrass. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be a is that weed or grass we're talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> a little too cold for Kentucky bluegrass in Ontario. Where were the pitches in the Concacaf region? For me, with the best pitches in Concacaf. Where where were they? Where Mexico. was it? Uh, Mexico. Yeah, you knew you had get good grass there. You get I'm good. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm really serious. About it. I mean, I just, this is like no, you get good me. pictures. Craig and I got great grass in, in Mexico. <laughs> Still there, isn't it? Under the plum. Yeah, it's that's right. Yeah, a little harsh, but smooth. <laughs> but Mexico generally, their, their stadiums had decent grass. The stadiums so, did, yeah, because they look after it and maintain it. Okay. But some so of the no places, places they wouldn't terrible. use Bermuda grass. Yeah, it probably like, is. It is Bermuda grass. I would think so. Yeah. So it's not the grass itself that is the issue; it's the upkeep of said grass. That's the problem. Yeah, and how short you cut it. I mean, Bermuda grass can be okay if you uh, keep it really maintained and cut really short. Are we hoping to get a sponsorship from Bermuda grass? I mean, I'm open to it. Okay. Yeah. My back Can we talk mess. about the match now? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Jump in anytime. Don't I, no, I was about waiting, the match. For, waiting for Jimmy to launch into it. He called it. Who's the best player? Who's Canada's best player? I'll throw that I, out. I thought Estekio. Estekio was good. I think I think Dub said the same thing in the dark web, eh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he was I thought he was very good. It took a while for Canada to get going. Jamaica started off well. And then probably maybe 20 minutes before half. Then I think the Canadians realized that the Jamaican defenders weren't weren't as good. They weren't organized. They're finding holes to get in behind. And then they realized as well that the Canadians' pace was a lot, a lot quicker than what the Jamaicans were. And then that's when we kind of just took over the match. Mm-hmm. I think I thought was Jamaica just... was poor. They were. I thought they were already poor. They were all over the place. It didn't seem like they're bothered to some point, to some degree, and they just seemed to be. Like you said, unorganized. They didn't seem to know what they were doing. But they did have a clear plan, and it almost worked if Bailey was able to be more opportunistic with some of those finishes early on. I think Canada got a bit lucky at the beginning. I didn't think Borean looked very good. Um, Canada looked suspect on a couple of defensive uh, set pieces. And I think, you know, long balls in the same channel, Vittoria got... Uh, almost punished once by Bailey sneaking in behind him. And I think it was Larea another time. Um, and they fixed it. But I think it it speaks to a problem that, that Morrow and this program have to rectify going forward is they have to start to cycle new blood into that back line to, to figure out how to get a little bit more pace. Because I don't think Victoria's legs really are, are going to be able to do it against world, yeah. world-class strikers any longer but but that said i thought the combination eustachio certainly in the middle of the park but i thought the combination um the the strike partnership with uh with davy and davies uh, not davies with jonathan david and kyle aaron who typically have not played well together i thought they played off one another really really well like all like alternately dropping and then uh penetrating into space stretching that back line um and then the midfield also getting in behind I thought they looked really good. I think that 
oftentimes it was sloppy, but you can attribute that to to the conditions, to the pitch. But all in all, I think that um, at, attacking wise, at least um, mm-hmm. they looked connected and they looked like they had a plan and they executed when they had to. Yeah. You mentioned the goalkeeper in there. At what point do you think Moro, assuming it's Moro, who continues in, in, in the job, goes with Max Cropo? Is it a point now, Craig, where there's a controversy brewing here or is stability still very important for this, this defensive structure? Well, there's some loyalty there as well, I guess, you know, his experience and in the dressing room and whatnot. But is he going to be around in 26? I think there's a few question marks for a few of the squad about that, about uh, 26. But it's difficult leading new guys in there because of the, the fact that this is so important to as a not only nation's lead, but to qualify for Copa. So mm-hmm. they're trying to feel the best team possible to qualify for that. So hopefully if they do get into that tournament, they'll they'll be able to find and look for, you know, new players and players are going to be around in 26 because Vittoria is not going to be around in 26. If he is, we're in fucking trouble. Yeah. No it's disrespect true. to him. Just the guy's going to be in a wheelchair. Well, Jimmy, it's a great point though, but when do you, when do you blood new players? You got, this is obviously a huge game on Tuesday. And then you have Nations League final, quarter semifinals coming up. Then you got Copa. There aren't too many friendlies in the mix there, right? If any. Yeah. When when do you do that? Do you just have to gamble and say, you know what, say at Copa America, it's time to I, yeah. see what Luke I think after the next the next match, get to Copa America and then start tampering with the lineup, putting fresh blood in there if you can get it. At Copa. But you just gotta get to this tournament. Right. So use the experience, do what you have to do. I think one of the reasons why is you, you have Vittoria in there as well, because he needed height. We weren't the biggest team. And the Jamaicans had some big players. So on set plays, he needed that big center back in. And that was probably one of the reasons why Victoria had to play. And there was a number of times that ball's coming in the box and he was the first one to clear it. But Dubs, following the, uh, the loss to Japan and you know the recent form, a win's a win on the road is important. How important is a is a good performance? Not the mention result, obviously, but a good performance on on Tuesday. Oh yeah, it's massive. Even if they they just need the tie, like it's part of of that build. Not only under Moro, but really just sort of reestablishing that swagger and that confidence and and this team identity, which seemed to be lost a little bit following that that poor showing um, at, at the World Cup. So, um, yeah, I think, um, I think that Moro got it right in terms of his formation, despite my criticism of, of the goalkeeping and, and some members of that back line. And um, I thought there's a lot to build on as well. Like, like that second goal was just terrific. I mean, Jimmy talked about how good Eustachio was. And that late run just sort of ghosting into the box and Larea just charging down that right flank. And then what um, flooding the box. So you don't not only have David in there, I think you have Davies at the back post, but you've got Oso, who's almost on the goalkeeper, dragging defenders to clear that space for Eustachio, who's trailing. Like there's lots of and then finishes, obviously it's a crucial finish, mm-hmm. just side foots it into the into the net. Um, that was huge for them. So to get that victory away in Jamaica, um, I think it's really, really big and lots of great moments to build on. So it's important that on Tuesday, yes, it's all about the result, um, you know, tie or a win. Um, but, you know, I think they're, they're on quite a run of, of home form as well, if I'm not mistaken. 
Um, and so it's about doubling down on that and, and then just building beyond that result. Yes, that's the most important thing. But, um, but I think it's about, uh, I you know I was curious, sorry to go off just for a second to more of a negative thing. I was, I found it, it was a curious substitution that Mark Anthony K came into that game and I don't think it affected it for the negative, but I don't know if it was a message or I don't know if he's just performed well, they've not been in camp for very long, but I wanted to get your take on that, Jimmy, that substitution. What, when he, um, when Kona came off? Because uh, Kone, Kone, Kone came off and then Mark Anthony K went on for him, right? I thought, I thought Kone, you know, he struggled at times just in possession. I thought he gave the ball away a little bit too cheaply at times. Defending, yeah, he, I thought he was okay. He was a bit, a bit aggressive. But, you know, I think with, with Kone, he struggles at times to really get into a rhythm in a match. And I think they needed fresh legs. And it was, it was weird for me because I thought also would have came on instead. Yeah. First, before Mark, Mark Anthony K. Um, but look, when Mark Anthony Kane came on, he, he did all right. You know, he he, he helped in that, that midfield. But uh, I, I was a little bit surprised. I thought also would have came on before before Mark Anthony. Mm-hmm. What do you make of uh, Kay's comments about John Herbman in the World Cup? Craig, he's, he's pretty outspoken as Mark, Mark Anthony Kay. And uh, what about did, um, John Herbman saying basically that he wasn't good enough for the squad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to do anything to uh, to disagree with that. <laughs> well, it's interesting that he brought that up. I guess he's he figures he he feels hard done by, and then he was good enough for that squad. But um, I'm not sure. Well, one of the quotes was um, he, he says it, it was challenging seeing some players that weren't playing at their clubs or were playing at the same level as me. And not doing as well as I was, and getting called up. That's that's one of the quotes here. He didn't yeah. have a great year last year, right? No, at all. And no, you might want to look in the mirror. Yeah, regarding John Herman, uh, me and John had some really tough chats where he blatantly told me I wasn't good enough to be part of the team. That was hard for me to accept. I mean, blatantly told me he's being honest, isn't he? In his opinion, it's, I don't know. I haven't got much time for those kind of comments, honestly, like all these months after the fact. You got back in the squad. You got on the pitch. Do you do well, you, you talking with your you can't, you can't win as a manager sometimes, can you? No, like no. As, as a manager, you, you you say one thing and you come clean and you, you come and you face it up and you talk to them eye to eye and you tell them, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think you're good enough. And then they say, well, you told me I wasn't good enough. And then if they say anything and they get cut, then it's like, no, I wasn't told anything. <laughs> so sometimes it's difficult as a manager. You have to make some hard decisions sometimes. No, you have yeah. to. And as a manager, you know, he's bitching about you're it. You're right. You, you got to be honest. And if you feel that that player's not good enough and he's not performing for TFC, you're not good enough to be in this national team program, then at least a manager's being honest and he's telling you the facts. And then yeah. that's up to you as a player to deal with that situation there and then not come out after and talk about it. Yeah, and even if that's that's the truth, that's the hard truth that the manager has to deliver, and the player's response is what you want from the player as well, right? I'm not going to accept that. I'm going to prove you wrong, but there has to be some accountability there, which is what we didn't hear in his comments. 
in my opinion. So if he'd said, you know, I heard that from John, I didn't agree with him. And I went back and I worked on the things we talked about, things that I had seen in my game that had slipped or where I could do better, where if I'm comparing myself to guys that I'm competing against to get minutes, I need to do X, Y, Z better. This is what I'm good at. This is what's going to get me on that team sheet. And there was none of that. So I didn't have a problem with his response. I think it's the right one. When you're a pro athlete, you have to believe 100% in your own abilities. You have to. And sometimes that leads you to have sort of um, a limited view or, or I don't know what the what the right word would be. Like you, your self-awareness is not where it should be, right? But that's almost a strength because it, it allows you to be supremely confident in your own abilities, but there has to be a little bit of accountability. And that's what I didn't hear in those comments from Kay. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. I guess it's not hoping for a return to Toronto FC anytime soon. I guess that's what we can take from those, <laughs> those comments. Probably not going to happen. <laughs> some but point. it's also, it, it reminds me of Dub Story where the NCAA scout said, you'll never play the next level. And look, mm-hmm. what, look what it did for Dubs to the point where she just said X, Y, Z. Which is really interesting. <laughs> I know, said, sad. I know. Like, you, you've got, you've I'm Americanized American. yourself. Mm. Yes. Just saying. Just and all saying. these years later, she then took the time to, to hammer that coach on this podcast, you know, taking yeah. no accountability yeah. whatsoever. You know, it's, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to say, well, you, Wong, you brought up the NCAA thing. I saw you um, in Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. Go Big Red into the, fi- to the Elite Eight for the first time since we did it in 1999. So they're going to go play Stanford for a chance to to win and go to the College Cup or the Final Four. There's playing One the smart does. school, but Nebraska is playing the smart school. Yeah, that's so, right. Oh, it's going to be it's a lot of strategy in football. Do me a favor, Dubs. One day when you're in town, we'll go for a beer, okay? And you can explain to me how college sports works in, in the States. I haven't got a clue. As far okay. as the big this, the big that, the freaking, I just don't understand it. I never have. And, and I'd like to have a beer with you and you can explain to me. I would love to have a beer with you as well. Let's do it. Let's do that. Okay. I might get bored of the conversation pretty early and we'll, 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 switch, we'll switch topics. But we'll have a just beer. Just have an out. Have a hard out. <laughs> so, you know what, I've, I've kind of lost interest now. Yeah. <laughs> so, we haven't even finished our first beer. Christ yeah. sakes. <laughs> Um, elsewhere this weekend, I guess that some of the biggest news was really sad news. Uh, Gavi from Spain and Barcelona is out for the season, did his ACL this weekend playing for Spain. Uh, this kid's 19 years of age, and since 21-22, he has played 82 matches, the most of any player under 21 years of age in the top seven leagues. And there's a lot now about, obviously, too much football. We're hearing this more and more now about the injuries. There was a column in on ESPN this this morning, actually, I read it, regarding the Winter World Cup and how there are far more serious injuries surrounding this tournament than the usual. And they think the reason is the Winter World Cup was a big reason for that. But, I mean, it it makes you wonder. This kid, uh, he was suspended last week for Barcelona, but has only missed two games all year and was picked to start both matches, one being a friendly for Spain which is not going down well with Barcelona. I mean, he's 19. He's still developing physically, is he not, at that age, Jimmy? Yeah. Yeah, you are. That's why, you know, players 17, 18, 19, yeah, they, they, might, they might have amazing talent, but at the same time, you've got you to nurture them as well because you, you, can't, you can't push them and, 
and all of a sudden they start picking up all these injuries and you're not getting the best out of them. You got to bring them in, take them out, limit the, the minutes that they're going to play until their bodies adjust and, and can handle the rigors of, of professional football. And you see it too often with, with let's get it, let's get it right. When you're 17, 18, 19 years of age, you go out there, you don't even warm up. You just start smashing balls around. You yeah. never, if you get injured, it takes about a day to get over it. I don't buy that with young players. I don't buy that at all. Those guys can go forever. And it's, it, it, we, we can pinpoint injuries, but it's kind of like the weather. It's uh, maybe not necessarily overplaying. I mean, he wasn't playing at the World Cup, was he? I mean, Govey was. He was there. Yeah. Did he play that? He was there so for it, the World Cup, yeah. but I mean. Yeah, but you, Stacks, you're talking about, say, uh, you're playing reserve team football. You play a, a half the games of what your first team is, does. Your academy, you probably play 20-odd games in the season. And all of a sudden now you're going to play professional football. You're playing 40 to 55 games. It's a hell of a lot of games for a young player. A hell of a lot of games for anybody, right? Yeah, but, you know, when you're older, you know how to manage it. You know how to prepare because you, you're experienced now. You know how to look after your body. You know how to maintain it. Whereas when you're young, you just ice bath. Fuck that. No chance. But to Craig's point, though, is the ace... You're not eating the same as what you do when you're older because you understand, you know, the sports science behind it. But an ACL, that wouldn't be a fatigue injury, would it, necessarily? That's more of a... That's, he came down hard in a, in a challenge. Came down. Mm. I, think he, I think he was... I think he was challenging for a ball and, and did it. Dubs, is that... Can ACL be fatigue? Or is it just a... You know, like, like Craig mentions there, just a kind of a fluke, unfortunate event. I mean, it, it can it can be due to maybe overwhelming muscular fatigue, like if your body's been overworked and overtrained, and then there is more, um, you know, I don't know, force on the on the ligaments themselves versus the muscles taking up some of that slack. Um, but I'm I'm not entirely sure. Um, but you know, I didn't see the mechanism of injury, and it's it's tough to tough to guess. But like to what Jimmy and and Forrest are talking about, I think you definitely have to to make sure that you're surrounding these young players and and teaching them what it takes to to take care of their bodies, so that you're thinking about career longevity. Um, but at the same time, I think it's a, it's a larger mm-hmm. issue is in the, in the women's game, but also the men's game with just the congestion of fixtures and the international calendar and the amount of, of um, you know, hours and, and games that these players are logging. And is it, is it untenable? I think it probably is. So I think this is just the tip of the iceberg when you look at, you know, a, a winter world cup and then the effects of, of, you know, a greater, um, if you're an insurance company and you're you're taking a look at it, you're taking stock of it and the amount of man hours lost, the amount of money that you're losing because players are sitting out because of X number of, um, you know, uh, days that you're missing because of injuries. Um, but it's it's a problem in the game. You know, you're increasing the amount of games in Champions League and, and Nations League and all of these tournaments because there's pressure from broadcasters and sponsorships and fans to try to get more and more out of these players. But eventually you're going to hit a point where you're going to see more and more of these injuries. And you're seeing it on the women's side where it's sort of it's, it's not really at the same stage as the men's game because the professional game is nascent. But you're getting to a point now of reckoning where you're going to have to figure out this calendar and what's best for these players and make sure there's a balance. So it's not just the youth 
for sure you have to be taking care of them and nurturing them. Like Jimmy said, that was the, the perfect word to use. The club should be taking care of them, but it's also the leagues and the governing body should be taking care of them. But this applies to all the players, not just the young players. We, we have to get it right, though, that these governing bodies and the leagues and the competitions don't give a shit. They never will give a shit. And they'll continue to do this because it's never been about the players. Now, the, the injury with him, and we talk about strenuous activity and playing through the Winter World Cup and whatnot and what that does. When you look at the large sample size that we have, yes, injuries are definitely increasing. And because of the, the heavy uh, schedule that they had probably because of the winter world cup there, I think that that's, that's pretty much a given what's going to change is absolutely nothing. Absolutely. Nothing is going to change. They don't care about it. They, you think they're going to cancel. They're making more tournaments. They, like MLS has got now this league's championship and then they got to have a conca cap and then they got to play MLS and they, their schedule isn't as heavy as in Europe. When you got the league's cup and the FA cup, they're all going to want their bit of blood out of you. The champions league, the league, cramming schedules here there and everywhere everybody's been bitching about this for decades and decades but you know, it, it has to get to a tipping point though for us sorry to, to cut you off there like the women's world cup with all of the stars that were missing by and large due to acl injuries but other mm -hmm. injuries because of this congestion of of fixtures and the schedule and there's no rest there's no recovery this there's going to be a same sort of time of reckoning for the men's game where all of a sudden you're mm -hmm. saying like you're you're, there's almost like an abuse of, of, of power and like using these players and pushing them to get the most bang for your buck. But when all of your star power isn't present at a World Cup, then the sponsors and the leagues and everybody else is going to pay for it dearly because you don't have the faces of the game present when you want them to be there. It's, it's a one Premier solution. League and the La Liga and Liga and Bundesliga, well, Bundesliga maybe, none of them care about the World Cup. Hmm. Not at all. Champions League don't care about the Euro Cup, Euro Cup, the Euro World Cup. Why would they? Well, that's like Barcelona was trying to convince Spain not to play Gavi for the national team. No. They didn't listen, right? And now there's a bigger uh, you yeah. know fight between those two. But it is it's, it's one solution though. Bigger squads. I mean, you're seeing Euro next year going back down to 23 man squads. It was up to 26 for the World Cup because of COVID. Yada yada yada. Winter World hmm. Cup, but that did help to a certain degree, but now they're going back to 23, which Gareth Southgate says is going to be a problem. You better be 100% healthy. I can't take risks on players now who may have a little niggle like mm. he did last time out. But even at the club level, if you increase the squads, which means more money, of course, in those payrolls, um, but that would be a, a slight solution, Craig, would it? Well, yeah. I mean, the best clubs have big squads. You want to have a, you know, Man City's got, Two good players in every good every position. Two world deep class squads, players. yeah, but bigger squads. I'm saying, like, I mean, obviously they got a deep squad. But if you made this yeah. say rather than match day 23, oh, or, I see. We, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, I know. There's definitely that debate for sure. Taking more players, yeah, yeah. I don't see any problem with taking 26 players. No. Don't know the reasoning behind going with 23 only, but it's the way it's always been done. If it's not broke, don't fix it, right? <laughs> Right, because for the Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand, they didn't have the luxury of a 26-player roster. It was 23, that's right. I remember that being mm -hmm. sick, and that was a complaint. Mm -hmm. Men had 26 now, yeah. I don't know. There's clearly a problem, but like Craig says, it, it just isn't going to change. And like most terrible things in the world, yeah. just turn a blind eye and hope it goes away. Yeah. 
sadly. Do you know the Champions League is going to say, you know, it's going to cost yeah. us a couple hundred million, but we're going to cut some games because we're worried about our the... players. <laughs> <laughs> Not, Not going to happen. happen. No. Um, so, so yeah. when Gavi, Premier League, mentioned plays a lot of football. Kylian Mbappe played a lot of football too as a youngster. He's now scored 300 goals by the age of 24. You're so happy. Ooh, you better slow him down. I You're love the way so that now I'm, I'm, I'm now Mbappe's biggest supporter now in this you podcast. Really I love this after I've had with this guy big time, Charlie. That and is. we like him. It's not that we dislike him. I know. But uh, just, it's interesting though. I mean, 300 goals by the age of 24 and 333 days. For comparison, Ronaldo had scored 158 goals by that same age. That's amazing. And I see Mbappe also talking about the uh, Ballon d'Or, saying, listen, World Cup gear is weighted that way. It's worth more. The minute I saw Messi win the World Cup, I knew he'd win the Ballon d'Or. Much more classy than the fake comments we attributed to Holland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that fake Erling Haaland. What a dick. <laughs> you know those comments you never made? Yeah, what a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Norway yeah. doesn't. He was thinking doesn't it qualify though. again, hey? Yeah. So, no Holland at a at a major tournament again. So that that uh, I watched the Scotland Norway highlights, and if Norway would have won that game, they would have qualified for the Euro. Dubs, is that? I'm not certain. I think they would have staved off elimination further. I don't think they would have clinched qualification. Oh, I see. But with with that result, they eliminated themselves. Wow! Yeah. Ooh, it sounds dirty, doesn't it? That will be happy. You eliminated yourself. Ooh, I need to. I need to go and eliminate myself. <laughs> Manchester <in> Curry. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, speaking of clinching. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, cheeky. Right. <laughs> cheeky. <laughs> Big one today. Italy, Ukraine today for qualification as well. That's a massive game, obviously. Um, Argentina, Brazil, they uh, they play on Tuesday as well. They both lost last week. Massive game there. Uh, one more note here for you. Four years ago today, it was it's, it's, my time flies. Four years ago today is when uh, Jose Mourinho joined Tottenham Hotspur as manager. Ooh. And wow. the rest is history. Eh? What a great tenure that was. Remember the Amazon series? <sighs> Must watch television. It was fantastic. All right. Anything else you want to get to? We're almost at the hour mark here. No. Okay, Jimmy, good. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're, yeah, I want Jimmy to do a little promo for himself and uh, the match tomorrow night. It's do going a promo to be for himself. Just, Again, it's dirty. Yeah. It's just uh, <laughs> so everyone knows it's going to be rainy and seven degrees tomorrow at BMO. So dress appropriately. Um, and Jimmy, you're doing the call with one soccer and that is on Fubo TV that you can get FuboTV.com slash footy prime. But what your uh, what, what time's the game? What time you're uh, what time's the match? 730. So 730 kickoff. I think it's 730. <laughs> Excellent promo, Jimmy. Well Good done. work. Crush well done. <laughs> well, it will hey, be seven. It will be 730. Mic, okay? 7.30, if it's not delayed, it'll be 7.30 kickoff. Canada versus Jamaica. BMO makes Field. You, makes are you going to be there for a change? Wheelers. Mm. What's that? Are you going to be there or are you going to be in the studio a couple no, miles No, I'm at away? the stadium. <laughs> at the stadium. And Sharms is going to be doing a hit for Sportsnet, correct, Sharms? Uh, yeah, Arash and myself, I believe. Arash and you? And it's just a post-game? So. I think so. I'm not sure. All right. 
Because the Voyagers, if if JC and I can make it, the Voyagers, uh, some of them have invited us out for a pregame barley. Do we know so, it's sold uh, out? Is it sold out? Uh, I don't really think it's sold so. out. I haven't seen it sold out. Really? Yeah. Get yeah. down there, people. Jesus. Come yeah. on. Go Come support on, down there. the national team. Men's. It's a huge game. This is the biggest game since the, since the World Cup. And on the, uh, on the women's the side. Nations League final. Ah, doesn't come on. This is big. Qualifying for Copa to me is bigger than, than yeah. that. Don't you? Don't you think, yeah. Craig? I mean, I listen, hard to say. Trophy is a trophy, right? I get that. But I don't know. Copa trophy. America just turns me on. I like that. Mm. When I eliminate myself. I <laughs> <laughs> also on the women's side, dubs, uh, have they sold out at BC Place yet? They have not. The last mm. official numbers that came out, I think they're up to 35,000 so far. More than the Vancouver MLS game, actually, though. No? Like, that's it's uh, close. I think they I had think close so. to 40 in that oh, game. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. They did quite well. Still good numbers, yeah. considering the, the previous two games for, for Sinki. They're obviously much smaller venues, obviously. Yeah. Um, so 35 is pretty decent at this point. But, yeah, keep on buying She's a BC gal. Come on, people. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm with you. Let's mm. fucking sell out BC Let's go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And voyagers.org okay. to support their TIFO efforts. Yes, absolutely. Voyagers.org. Right? Hashtag Tifosi. Sounds like something you'd have with an espresso. Mm-hmm. A nice Tifosi on the side. Yeah, Some kind of that. sweet, sweet uh, brittle biscuit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe in the marketing, though, don't say brittle. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Sounds like osteoporosis. Yeah, it does a little bit, yeah. Yeah, kind of like that. All right, everyone. That's the Footy Prime podcast. Uh, We're back on Wednesday for the foundation, and we'll react to Costa Canada against Jamaica. Um, Thank you very much. Bye, newspapers, and cheers for listening. This episode of Footy Prime has been brought to you by Fubo TV and by Tony Beck. Make sure to subscribe to Footy Prime wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Twitter at Footy underscore Prime and on Instagram at Footy Prime IG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 